0: welcome back to the san francisco giants edition of the for the fans by the fans podcast where we bring you your weekly dose of all things san francisco giants baseball from the fans perspective I'm a lifelong Giants fan and your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we welcome back the godfather of the FTF-BTF podcast, Dolph Shapiro, for the second part of our two-part interview. Dolph is a retired orthopedic surgeon, a volunteer at-risk youth counselor, a Brooklyn Dodgers turned San Francisco Giants fan, and he also happens to be the man who taught me four of the five tools of baseball. Yes, that's right, he's my dad. But before my dad tells everybody about how I couldn't catch up to the high heat in middle school, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at fanatics fanatics is the global leader in licensed sports merchandise they have the world's largest collection of official sports apparel from the leagues teams and players you love we're lucky enough to be fanatics affiliates so if you want to help us out you can go to ftfbtf.com slash fanatics or you can just click on the link in our show notes and go buy your giants gear and when you do they'll give us a couple of bucks to help pay for the production of this show that said here is the second part of our interview with Dolph Shapiro.
1: My feeling is that the pitching, if it does return, the hitting is good enough to win some games. They're a much better hitting team than they were last year and good enough to score more than three to four runs a game.
0: Yeah, and I think that they're doing just that. I think the question for this team is, at what point do you decide that you're continuing to try to compete? And at what point do you say, we've dug too much of a hole and we need to start focusing the franchise on the future? And that's the big part of the last podcast that I had was, what do you do with Hunter Pence? Coming off of a thumb injury, he's been out for 50 games or so, was batting one seventy seven, 171 before he was injured. And now you're coming back, and they have Mac Williamson. You have pretty much a, I don't know if I would call it a loaded outfield, but who are you going to drop if your outfielders are McCutcheon, Jackson, Blanco, Gorky's Hernandez, and Mac Williamson? Where does Hunter Pence fit in?
1: Well, let me tell you about the Giants. I remember when they were looking at bringing Melanson here and McCutcheon. Everybody talked about how they wanted to come here They love the fans, and they love the family atmosphere of the Giants and how they respected the people who played here for years since they arrived in San Francisco. And my feeling about Pence is, you know, he's so loved here. He helped us win three World Series titles or two. How do you handle it if he comes back and he doesn't perform And you want to make the playoffs. And my feeling is, I would ask around if other clubs would be helped by having someone of his maturity who's been there during the playoffs, during the World Series, knows how to handle that. Maybe he's not a great player, but they could use him in the clubhouse. For example, there are many young teams who are now competing for a title. He might be very helpful like that. And I would like for him to be willing to do that. It would make it easy to split with someone of his caliber. If not, then the Giants have a problem. Do you just release him?
0: I think what you're talking about is one of the two positive scenarios where they bring Hunter Pence back and he shows that he is a competent outfielder and that he was injured at the beginning of the season and he still has something left in the tank. He's expensive. He's 18 or $19 million this year, but he's in the last year of his contract. So they could trade for him. Another team could take him on as a rental at the end of the season and get a, another bat with some pop, lots of veteran leadership. So I would look at teams like the Atlanta Braves, teams like the Milwaukee Brewers. Philly. Yeah, Philadelphia is another one. I'm not sure if Philadelphia is going to be competitive by the end of the season, but possibly maybe even someone like the cleveland indians could take on another outfielder like that and get some depth that's assuming that he comes back and he is valuable asset and that mac williamson has also proven he's at least equally valuable cuz mac williamson is going to be cheaper younger and probably more athletic So best case scenario, everybody plays well and they have a glut in the outfield and Hunter Pence is a trade candidate. On the flip side, worst case scenario is he comes back and you owe him the money and he's not very good. You still have to pay him the 19 million. What do you do? Do you pay the guy not to play? Do you cut him and leave the space open? How do you handle that?
1: I don't think at this time with his contract ending, it's a big deal for the Giants sunk cost. Yes. And I'm not as concerned about Hunter Pence as I am about Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, the season's a quarter over. He's hitting in the, what, 240s, and we're waiting to see more of him. And I'm wondering, if Pence doesn't work out, do you bring up Duggar?
0: Let me break that into two pieces. One, I'm less worried about McCutcheon than you are. Because he was so bad in the first twenty percent of the season, the first thirty games, he was batting under two hundred, and so now that he's back up to two forty, that means that he's hit close to three hundred lately. I think he's gonna end up two seventy or two eighty, and the season's gonna look like he hit under two hundred for the first twenty percent of the game and close to three hundred for the rest of the season. It'll equal two seventy five
1: What's a good on base percentage uh
0: three fifty let's see. Giants leader in on-base percentage is Brandon Belt at 400. And the lowest starter that they have looks like Longoria, a little bit under 300. So yeah, 350 is an average on-base percentage. He's getting on base. I just think that he was so cold coming into a new park, new environment. I think that he was just down at the beginning of the season. He's actually in the top five in terms of on-base percentage for the team. But what really matters is his OPS. That's the slugging and the on-base percentage combined. And he's at 729. The best person on the team is Brandon Belt at almost 1,000. So I think he's going to come around. I think the power is going to be there. I'm not worried about McCutcheon. I think that he's a proven quality player. Maybe at the end of the contract, at the end of the year, I can be a little worried about him. The guy that I'm worried about is Austin Jackson. He's supposed to be the starting center fielder and his on-base percentage is 328, so not great. He's batting 250, right? He's not stealing bases. He's not getting on. He's a good defensive center fielder. I can appreciate that. But at some point, you look at him batting 250 and you got Duggar. What's the difference? To me, if there's somebody that ends up getting cut, it could be him. Now, whether Pence comes in and takes the place, I don't think that happens because then they have no backup center fielder. Yes,
1: but you have to realize... Gorky's Hernandez is blowing up. <laughs> Let's see how long that lasts. I mean, no, really. The guy is a great outfielder.
0: Three uh, ten, Yeah. Three stolen bases. He's hit, what, six home runs.
1: So my question is, Jackson who? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be
0: upset to see Gorky's get a little bit more playing time, but that's one of those things that he might be getting streaky and being hot now. I'd just love to see it last. But then again, think about the Giants. Who was playing center field when they won their World Series? Blanco. Well, you had Blanco there, you had Angel Pagan, you had Andres Torres, and Andres Torres had a career season the first year they won the World Series, and Angel Pagan wasn't terrible, but they never really lit the world on fire in terms of center fielders before.
1: No, they miss Aaron Rowland.
0: Yeah, you know, Aaron Rowan came up when I was doing a podcast with one of my consulting clients, Doug Bell. He's a Philadelphia fan. And the only observation that I had about Aaron Rowan is it looked like he was taking a dump when he got in the batter's box, (laughs) which is inevitably what the output was, too. So you think they bring Pence back, they give him a shot, they sit there with six outfielders.
1: No, someone's gone.
0: So who is it? When they bring Pence back, where do they put him? They have to get rid of somebody. Are you dumping one of the relievers? Are you going with an 11-man staff? Are you getting rid of Kelby Tomlinson? Does Pablo go?
1: How many outfielders will they have?
0: They'll have six outfielders. What do you do?
1: You get rid of either Blanco or Jackson.
0: I bet you Blanco (coughs) pulls a hamstring (coughs) and they sit him down for 15 days or something like that. They take Jackson. They put him on the self. They say, "Gorkys, you're going to play center field. Blanco, you're going to back him up and they let Pence get some at bats, and they play him every day for a couple of weeks, and they see what they have.
1: I meant to ask, could could McCutcheon play center field?
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess they could put him in center field and not worry about burning out his hamstring, but I don't think that that's likely going to be a long-term solution.
1: In that regard, then they can use Duggar in right, him in center, and someone in left.
0: Who do you think is going to be the best three outfielders on the team at the end of the season?
1: Gorky's Hernandez. He's the first one you think of. Um, Duggar and either McCutcheon or Williamson.
0: You're crazy. <laughs> you think Gorky's Hernandez is going to be one of the three yeah. best and Duggar is going to come up and yeah. be the best center fielder.
1: You said three best outfield. I know, but if... Where they are going to play? I don't know. There's
0: no way that Duggar comes up if Gorky's is the starting center fielder. It's going to be Williamson, Hernandez, and if Hernandez can't do it... Then maybe Duggar gets a shot, but I think you got to pick one of the two of them. So I think it's Williamson, Hernandez, McCutcheon at the end of the year.
1: If McCutcheon doesn't pick it up, he'll be sitting, he'll be the outfielder that's off the bench.
0: I could not disagree with you more. I think if anybody has a long leash, it's going to be him because he's a high profile player. He was their big offseason acquisition. And I think they would hope to keep him at the end of the year.
1: Invite me back at the end of the year. We'll Uh, see.
0: Good. Okay, so outfield, there's a glut of outfielders. The infield, things are relatively stable. Who's second base?
1: There is no second baseman. Who's leading the league in errors? The Giants? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you wonder why you lose. Longoria makes errors every game. Kelby is two an in inning. I mean, it's falling apart.
0: MLB defensive team stats. San Francisco Giants leading the league in errors. 45 errors. What a disaster. You're making me look bad. Hey, whose podcast is this?
1: I taught you everything you know.
0: Which apparently wasn't much. That's right. That's why I said you taught me four of the five key tools of baseball. I could hit. I could throw. I could field. What are the other
1: ones? Couldn't jump over a piece of paper. And I couldn't run. <laughs> but you were big.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I mastered the post-game snack. <laughs> so have you gone to many games yet this season?
1: I've been to maybe 15 You went to 15 games already? Yes. You need a hobby. Well, (laughs) I have friends who take me.
0: What was the best game you went to this season? Opening day. You sure? No. Okay. Do you think I remember all the games? Clearly not. I just hope that you make your way home from the stadium. (laughs) Let me ask you a separate question, but related. What was the best game you went to ever?
1: In 1988, you were eight years old, and we went to a game... That had an unbelievable amount of everything. They had hits galore, home runs.
0: We went to the baseball equivalent of the 4th of July. It was July 10th. So right after the 4th of July, 1988. Dolph Shapiro, orthopedic surgeon, probably on a Saturday, no surgery schedule. He grabs his little boy. He's eight years old. He brings him to Candlestick Park. It's a sunny day game. And we walk in and Chris Spire has the game of his life. He's subbing in for Robbie Thompson. He hits the cycle, but that's not it. Chris Spire hits the cycle. He hits a home run. Kevin Mitchell hits a home run, Bob Melvin hits a home run, Will Clark hits a home run, and Ernest Riles hits a home run, which was the 10,000th home run in San Francisco Giants history. So not only did they hit one, two, three, four, five, six home runs in the game, the 10,000th, and they beat the Cardinals 21-2. to They scored five runs in the fifth, four runs in the sixth, and seven runs in the eighth. We got home Monday, if I remember. (laughs) (laughs) You went home and told mom that the Giants only scored three touchdowns.
1: (laughs) What a game.
0: Poor Robbie Thompson. I'm surprised he got his spot back.
1: You were eight years old and everything has been downhill since then.
0: You know the truth? I still have the ticket in my room.
1: Is that right?
0: I do. I have that ticket, and it's tucked into the Candy Maldonado signed card and ball statue that you got me for my, I don't know, eighth or ninth birthday, something like that.
1: We went to another game. I don't know if you remember. I think it was against the Cardinals again, and the Giants were in a race with them to win the division, and we sat out in center field. Almost the top row, you could hardly see anything. I don't know if you remember that. There were 55,000 people there. It was packed, and we lost. But getting out of the parking lot was a story in itself.
0: It's like San Francisco traffic every day right now. It
1: was absolutely fight-started. I remember one fellow had to go to the bathroom, and there was a huge line. He said, I don't have time for (laughs) this. And he walked away, and there was a stream that followed him. And then we get into the parking lot, and two cars were converging right in front of my hood. And one guy started honking, and the other guy started to give him the finger, And they met right in front of my hood. And one man (laughs) hops out and gets on the other fella's hood and starts jumping up and down. And I thought, oh, man, what are we going to do when the fight starts? (laughs) It was insane. And your uncle Charlie said, that's it. I'm never coming back here. (laughs) What a time we had.
0: You know, it was a simpler time. And I don't think that quite happens at the friendly confines of AT&T Park, but if the Giants manage to get close to the playoffs and lose at the end, maybe we could see a little debauchery at the end of the season. And on that note, I think we should wrap up today's show of the For the Fans by the Fans podcast. Our plan is to do this every week. Actually, we're doing this a couple times a week now, so if you want more Giants baseball on your podcast feed, click the subscribe button. Since we're just getting started, we're in month two of this podcast. It's our first season. We'd love for you to give us a rating in the Apple iTunes Store. Share the podcast with your friends. Tell them to search FTFBTF. You can find us in the podcast store, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're trying to be everywhere. You can also go to our website, for the fans, by thefans.com or ftfbtf.com. Thanks again to our friends at Fanatics. Uh, if you're going to go buy your Giants gear, head over to ftfbtf.com slash Fanatics or just click the link in our show notes. And when you buy your Giant stuff, they'll uh, kick us a couple of bucks to help us pay for the production of the show. So in honor of Chris Spire hitting the cycle and my dad coming back onto the podcast, that's it for today. Until next time, swing and a miss. And that's it.